Hi, I'm Warren. And I'm Adam, and we work for the Sanguine Writing House, which is the UK's leading provider of online and in-person mystery games. And this is the next episode of our podcast, Myfield. And today we're going to be talking around positive communication uh, and the importance of non-verbal communication. Yes, so a big welcome to Dr. Pamela Smith, who's our special guest. It's it's an honour. She prefers Pam, so thanks for joining us, Pam. (laughs) Thank Um, you. And do you want to start off by just telling us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yes, surely. Um, my name is Pam, as Adam and Warren have said. I've got a background in education and healthcare and taught for a considerable length of time at the university where I taught health professionals, mostly dietitians, in um, obviously dietetic practice. But a big passion of mine was communication. And when I started on the programme, they we tended to go for the more academic types. But I think what's more important is people's ability to communicate with others and to treat them as a person. Um, so I put steps in place to interview students before they came on the programme. And I was particularly looking for students who c- could communicate with people in all walks of life, but especially those who are more vulnerable through ill health. So you, your actual PhD, the thesis, is all about yeah. positive communication. Is that yeah. where the background of that came from then? Um, yes, I think we've all been in situations where people have made us feel small or stupid. Um, and you know that it affects sometimes the rest of the day, sometimes it affects you for a long time. So it's important that when we communicate with others, we're respectful and we show a degree of empathy. When I started out with communication, I was really interested in what people perceive to be the most important aspects, if you like. And not an awful lot of people recognize how important nonverbal communication is. So I was asking my students initially what they felt was involved. And through my studies and through reading lots of papers, because this is a huge area, I found that positive communication has so many benefits and it's not just to the person receiving the communication because they can, the, a positive communication can help people manage themselves better, to grow their confidence. If the interviewer or the person they're speaking with is actively listening and showing that they're interested, then that person can go away they've got a little bit of trust in that conversation and they're starting to feel you know I can do this I I can manage and so allowing them to to see that a worthwhile person is such a positive attitude to have and also so I'm getting a bit tongue-tied here you're right When, when people are, are vulnerable, they they often take time to answer. I can feel myself being just a little bit overwhelmed, and I'm not. I'm not. Fortunately, I'm not somebody who suffers from too much ill health. But um, you get tongue-tied, and if you're vulnerably mentally, then often you, people will ask you a question, and you can stall in that period because you're thinking, oh, how am I going to answer this? Are they going to think I'm feeling stupid? So by nonverbal communication, we can show that we're 
we're wanting to hear what they have to say and we're going to give them a little bit more time to fill that gap and let us know what they're thinking. And that goes on to help develop trust and good relations. Indeed. We've just had a comment there as well. So can you give us an example of, of non-verbal communication? Absolutely. I mean, probably one of the simplest ones is if you talk to your dog in a stern voice, um, the actions, your body actions, the dog automatically thinks, whoa, I've done something wrong here. But um, yes, examples of non-verbal communication. If you're speaking to me and I'm looking out the window, scratching my ear and checking my text on my phone, how do you feel about that? You know, whereas yeah. if you're speaking to me and I'm interested in what you're saying, I'm almost leaning forward so I can hear better. I'm maintaining that eye contact. I'm letting you know that I'm interested. That's non-verbal communication. And sometimes we have, I mean, I've seen students who are wonderful people, but they scowl quite a lot. And you've got to be a wee bit more aware of your facial expressions. So when I speak to you, don't be, what's that? You know, you want to be open. Yeah. That's... I think, for, especially for people with mental health or who are experiencing yeah. mental health, they need that reassurance as well that they are being listened to. You yes. know, and I think I think you're right. It's it's the little little kind of nuances and kind of you know facial expression and and everything, isn't it? That yeah. show that you're actively you engage with this person. Um, you're approachable. You're approachable. It was an interesting study that I read. I think it was by Brown, um, who looked at um, communication skills training. CST, they call it, um, that never was implanted in uh, doctor training, medics training uh, years ago. And they've changed that because they did a study and these people showed that if you weren't trained in communication skills, if you could get your information without having to speak or engage with the patient, then these old fashioned trained doctors were quite happy to, you know, that's the patient over there, but I'll see if I can get all the information for the notes. Mm. Whereas now they embed the training in because it isn't something you acquire just by living your life. You actually need some teaching and communication. And they found that the new breed of doctor who are trained in communication skills actually want to speak to the patient and see them as what they are, which is a valuable source of information. And because they're engaging with them, they're getting more back. And it's the same. It's not just patient doctors. It's everybody, everybody who is um, maybe even just a little shy or a bit nervous because they've never spoken to a large group before. This active listening and non-verbal communication shows that you're interested and you want to see it's nothing clever about it in a way it's no. just demonstrating that you're worth listening to yeah well i suppose as well because it gives you just another insight like i say you can get anything you want off that piece of paper but obviously yeah. i'm not one for selling myself you know when it comes to cvs and everything else but if you sit down and you have a conversation with somebody, you get a real feel of who that person is. Yeah. So you get twice as much information than than you would normally, I suppose, wouldn't you? I mean, it's interesting that we, we're a, a games 
company, you know, we provide these mystery games because they say you learn more about a person in a, a hour of play than a year of conversation. And yeah. I think that's very, very true. But some of the other the f- other findings they found with positive communication is that if you your staff are aware and they know how to um, communicate positively, they're far more likely to get a higher degree of job satisfaction and to stay with your company longer than those who don't have that training. You know, it's like yeah. a personal yeah. satisfaction. I suppose that also comes down to feeling appreciated a lot of that, doesn't it? You know, my boss is listening to me, so my (laughs) views are valued. Yes. We've just had a question from um, Phil again, um, who's asking, "What about the use of your arms and hands during the during communication?" I can't talk without using my hands. You know, my hands are always. So, so what about that, Pam? Well, I think that it's another part of it, isn't it? But if you're genuinely, you're you're giving, if you like, with your arms, you're you're signifying, and if somebody's deaf, perhaps that adds a little bit more. You know, I know this person's interested. I'm lip reading what they're saying, and I'm seeing that they're openly engaging with me. You do have to watch that you're not saying a different thing with your body language to what you're actually saying. So, for example, if I'm speaking to you and I'm, I don't know, scratching my bum or something, <laughs> for want of a better word, um, or I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I'm looking like I'm coming across as open, but at the same time, I'm writing down something over here or I'm pottering around over there. You, you want to try and marry the two you know, yeah. you're in the moment. You're not I'm not thinking about, oh, well, I'm speaking to you. I'll just, you know, signal to my dog that I'll take it out in five minutes. You know, I'm speaking to you. So, yeah. yes, body language is it's good. Yeah. So with that, as you say, so you've got, you know, your the nonverbal communication matching your verbal communication. Yeah. And then because you've got your active listening as well. What if you find somebody doesn't want to talk? Sometimes people just don't want to talk. And I mean, it's not like you can force them to, but you can encourage them. As I say, you can give them extra time. And again, they've done studies showing if you leave a longer gap after you speak, people are more likely to fill it and give you more information. But I think, again, it's a lot about making that person feel comfortable in the situation they are. Is there too many people around for them to speak? Are they just frightened of being judged? Um, do they just not know what they want to say? So giving them a little bit of time, a little encouragement. Is your language too complicated? You, know, you can think about those sort of things. There's other reasons that somebody won't engage. But... Um, giving them time and then making them know it's all right if there's nothing to say at the moment or if they'd rather go away and have a wee think about it and come back and speak. But you can't force people to engage. You can just encourage. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've just had a comment there from um, Vanessa. Um, you know, the flip side is when someone says, I'm fine, uh, but all the body language screams the opposite. And trying to tease more out of them is hard sometimes, because I think that's that's something that we do as um, 
it's the British stiff upper lip, isn't it? As soon as you say, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. You know, yeah. it's, it's the automatic response. So what do you do I about that? Well, I think that, again, it's a matter of trust and confidence. So if you said to me, you're fine. I mean, I don't go around and tell everybody, well, actually, my arthritis is really bad today and, you know, and I'm feeling a bit sick and yeah. so-and-so's pissing me off, you know. You don't, you don't always want to share those sort of things. No. Sometimes you want to keep them to yourself or they're for your special person, the person that you can share with. But as you encourage people to grow in their self-confidence and feel mentally more worthwhile and better, then often they will start to open up to you. It might not be on the first meeting, yeah, you know? Exactly. I mean, I've had clients where I would speak to them on the first occasion and I just know from speaking to them, this is not the time for us to discuss your, you know, terribly bad diet, for example. You know, it's time for us to get to know each other and see where the boundaries are and, you know, how this is going to proceed. So it's not always a matter of, of you can't always get into people's, you know, in, inside inside their head. You, you've got to give them time. Yeah, I think it's about reading people as well, isn't it? You know, picking yeah. up on their body language. If they're, you know, if they're closed and you, you pick up that yeah. they're a little bit apprehensive or they're a little bit anxious, you know, and I always go back to working with, adults with autism and, and working well living with my son who's autistic you know I, yeah. I can't always read him um or you know be able to read people with autism and, and people with autism don't like eye contact they avoid eye no. contact yeah. so you've got to look for other clues haven't you you've got to look yeah. for That's other it. information yeah you can look for clues but you can also perhaps find something initially that they do want to talk about yeah. like somebody might not want to talk about themselves but football football's a kind of universal a common interest oh. isn't it <laughs> most people have a word i or they'll say i'm not interested in football <laughs> yeah. so it depends but you can find you know what's your hobbies what do you like to do what makes you relax and sometimes just getting them to talk about themselves in engenders a good feeling and a, a, a starts the relationship between you and them so it's baby steps. I mean, this is an enormous field, isn't it? Everybody's different. So it's just finding that way that works with that individual and helping, helping them to communicate positively with you and you with them. Well, so I think, because I've heard that there's a mirroring will give yeah. people confidence and, and, and builds that trust. So yeah. that, that's another form of the nonverbal Kind of it is. Yeah. Always makes me think of Jaws, that old movie where the little boy's mirroring his dad. You know, everything his dad does in the movie, yeah. the little boy does. And mirroring, I suppose there's a certain situations where it's not so appropriate, but it is a sign of empathy. And a lot of people do it automatically. So you might sneeze, for example, and somebody will say, bless you. That's not as much empathy as just being nice. But if you yawn, an empathic person quite often will also yawn. Or if you cough, they'll cough. And it's not because they're taking the mickey. It's just a demonstration that they, you know, they have some empathy there. But yes, mirroring, it can be, it can make people comfortable because you're doing similar actions to what they're doing. As long as you don't take it to extreme and, 
you know, <laughs> yeah, mimic everything they're doing. Yeah, yeah, it so, can be a useful tool. Andy's just uh, posted um, a comment there, and I hope you uh, you understand this, Pam. No. The Arabian fifty-five, thirty-eight, seven percent. <laughs> no. 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 I'm not. We've got Andy on next week, actually. So yeah, we, we'll yeah, have to ask we, him. we can uh, we can have that explained. Um, <laughs> then, as as Phil has just mentioned there as well, is there anything that you can do if somebody won't open up to you? you know, are there other techniques to to bring them out? Maybe. Oh, um, of course, it has to be my mum that phones during everything, isn't it? Um, what what you can do if someone won't? Somebody it, won't, it won't open up to you. You know, is, have you got any techniques for for helping pe people come out of themselves? Um. Well, I suppose yes. You could if if they some people come out if you play games. Actually, board games are are quite a a useful way to come out sometimes getting into character or something else will help people come out so uh, games is, is a is a way that's when you find that they're really um competitive and tip the board if they're not winning but yes you could what is this 30s oh yeah <laughs> oh i see yeah. what you're saying now yeah. yes sorry andy sorry andy yes yeah, yeah so 55% body language, 37% uh, tone and pitch, and 7% is actually yeah. words. That's, yeah. that's, a re that's a really good aspect, actually, Andy, yes, the, the, how you speak and the pace that you speak. That can influence whether somebody responds, because if you've got a, a nice, um, soft voice, people might be more inclined to think, well, this person's kind. It doesn't always go that way. I mean... Look at Rod Stewart, he sounds like a rasping ashtray, but I believe he's quite a kind, a kind individual. But also if you're speaking too fast and they can't get what you're saying or you're sounding aggressive, I mean, some people sound defensive and they don't mean to sound defensive. Yeah. So again, but we can't be aware of everything we're doing at every moment. We can just try and be in the moment and be kind. So yes, yes. So so overall, really, it's about basically treating people how you want to be treated. Oh, absolutely, um, yes, yes. I, I'm a big one with that. I, I used to type, get little positive messages for my students to take away with them when they graduated, and one of my favourites is in a world where you can choose to be anything, choose to be kind. And I think that that's it's little things like that that mean a lot to people because. You know, a little bit of kindness. I have a friend who told me about a lad who carried shopping home for a lady because she was struggling. And this lady didn't have relatives, so she left him a huge house on the side of Windermere. <laughs> so, I mean, that's an extreme, but you don't do it because you want something. But you don't know how much you've helped an individual in their day just by being kind and you know, choosing to engage with them in a nice way I saw, I saw a similar story like i say not as extreme i think it was a an asda delivery man the other day and he delivered to, to this lady and she was sat in the dark and apparently the bulbs had just gone but she oh. was waiting a couple of hours for her carer 
to come round, and he just as he brought the shop in, he just went, "Show me what your bulbs are," and he <laughs> just took him two minutes, changed all the bulbs, and, and she was just absolutely made up. So much, you know, it got into the paper, but it, it is just that little two minute. I know it's not; it's a different kind of communication, but it, it's him, you know, well, having that been, time for somebody. It's being, being human. Kind. It's being yeah. kind, yes. Yeah, it's very important to be gay. It's, yeah, it's willing to be give up your time, you know, yeah. for somebody else. Yeah. yeah, I do think people are, are kind of nervous about being kind these days in case it's mistaken for, you know, an infringement of your rights or you're patronizing Absolutely. or whatever. But um, I'd rather take being kind over not helping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely, without a doubt. Um, as you said, you know this has been this has been amazing, and it, it's it's such a fantastic subject. And obviously, you know we've we've got a brief insight into into communication, and we really really could go on for hours. And I just I just want to say, you know, thank you so much for coming on today, Pam. Yeah, it, thanks, it's, Pam. it really has been it's a amazing. Pleasure. I'm not um, an expert, but I have a passion for communication and a passion for people. Um, that so. you can tell that you know, and that, that's that how it really comes, comes across. across. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have to be with my brother, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Right. So I think with that, I think we'll you know again was really good. We love that. And we hope that you'll come back actually, and you know we'll, we can discuss this this further at some point. Um, Not a but as, as I said a little bit earlier, um, I think we've got Andy Aston joining us next week yeah. um, at twelve thirty, yeah. and that's about is it burst? Yeah, he's he's going to come and talk to us about um, an approach, a strategy that he's kind of developed and used. So yeah, that'll be really interesting again. Um, go live next Tuesday, half past twelve. Um, yeah, so this this video will be obviously on the Facebook page, um, and then we'll be posting where you can find it as well as a podcast, uh, as an audio podcast. Um, please feel free to share it um, with your, your family, your friends, your contacts, because I think you know just these twenty minutes are just so insightful, and they could be really, really useful for somebody um but yeah thank you for for watching and thank you for all the comments and we'll see you next week thank uh, you thank you thank you pam see you all later you. bye 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 mindfield podcast has been presented by the sanguine writing house the uk's leading provider of online mystery and strategy games along with team training mental health awareness and mental health first aid courses to find out more and to book your course or game please visit tswh.co.uk.